Welcome to The Lowdown, KMXT's new daily show dedicated to giving you the up-to-date information we have available on the COVID-19 outbreak and how it's impacting life on Kodiak Island. The Lowdown will focus on the facts as provided to us by local and state officials. During the show, we give you access to local officials and experts on COVID-19 and community actions related to it. If you have questions for our guests, please email them to lowdown at kmxt.org or call KMXT at 486-3181. You can find a list of upcoming guests on our Facebook page or on our website, kmxt.org. Audio from each day's program will be posted on the website. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in today for what I am hoping will be an excellent window into what's going on behind the scenes in the Kodiak Island School District now that they're a couple of weeks into their new processes due to the shutdown. On conference today, you'll hear for educators from the high school, North Star Elementary, and the middle school, a special education specialist, and an instructional specialist. This would be an excellent program for you to get your questions answered, so please call us, 486-3181, or email lowdown at kmxt.org, and we'll try to get your questions answered before the end of the show. I'm going to first ask each of the guests to identify themselves to you for you to be able to tell who's talking. And as we get going, they'll be able to identify their voices. And I'd uh, ask each of you to tell us who you are, where you work, your title. And I'd ask each of you to start things off by giving us a word or two that would describe how you think things are going so far. So we'll start with... uh, the principal of the high school, Mel Levant. Good morning. Um, my name is Mel Levant, and I, I'm the principal at Kodiak High School. I'm actually set to retire, and Neil Heck is going to take over as principal after June 30th. And uh, I, it's it's different, I guess, to say the least, to end my career uh, working from my living room, but. All the reports that I'm getting from our staff, teachers and instructional aides and other support staff is that uh, Kodiak High School is off to a very good start um, in our homeschool high school. And uh, we really, behind the scenes, have been planning to have the, or at least preparing for the school to be closed to the end of the year. So it's certainly uh, it's certainly unsettling to find out that it's going to be, but um we have a plan in place, and there's definitely a lot of heavy lifting work to do to meet the needs of all of our students between now and the end of the year. Hmm. Katrina? Yeah, hi. I'm Katrina Stewart. I'm uh, instructional support for the middle school and the high school, secondary support. So I work with teachers and help support them in the work that they're doing. I also teach a class at the high school. Um, when I think about how things are going, I think um, – Creative is a word that comes to mind. We're all meeting challenges that we've never seen before, and it's just forcing all of us to approach it in in new ways, in novel ways. So I see a lot of creativity, um, some really fun and exciting things that are coming out of some things that we never would have planned or wished on anybody. So creativity. Um, Another word I think is just collaborative. It's forced all of us to work closely together with our students, with each other as professionals. 
and with our families and our community. And I think everybody has stepped up and worked together. The communication, sharing of tools and strategies, uh, resources, it's just been really inspiring and I'm incredibly proud to be part of it. Carrie? Yeah, hi, I'm Carrie Irons. I'm the principal at North Star Elementary School and um, I am um, really privileged to be working in this school district with the leadership that we have. Um, I would uh, say that um, overall, the the I've I've <laughs> I've had a variety of words uh, that I have a word for the day every day and they've ranged from um, kind of discombobulated to <laughs> reassured to grateful um, today my word of the day is um, I have two one is optimistic and the other one is resilient I think that when I think about how we're doing now uh, as we are into the third week of remote instruction, um, we're, we're, our, our teachers are, are settling in. Um, we have an amazing staff of elementary teachers. Um, they are um, working so hard. They're passionate about what they do. They are student-centered. And, um, and we are working together um, in a collaborative way um, to meet the needs of our students and our teachers are resilient and our students and families are are um, are, 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 are doing the best they can. I'm, uh, as Kate just said, I'm really proud to be part of the district and, and I am very much so in that case too. Um, it's, it's, we're, we're in unprecedented times and uh, we're, we're, we're making a difference every day. Thanks. Heather? Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having us here. Um, my name is Heather Norton, and I'm an assistant principal at Kodiak Middle School. And as I think about our our team, and we're two weeks into this process, and and it, I would use a phrase, and I would just say, "Holding fast." Um, we're trying to find and and steady the course. Um, it's the sails have just been kind of unfurled, and and we're finding that that breeze that's going to going to push us down this road and 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 trying to find that that right line if I can use a kind of a sailing analogy here but our our staff is um uh, as as has been said you know they're they're working together we're we're problem solving we're trying to find our way through this process and it's just uh in some ways it's kind of a a, a pretty exciting time to be in education because this is brand new. I mean, we're doing stuff now that that we never even dreamed of, of trying to do as, as I know I certainly didn't when I got into education. So um, it's a uh, it's kind of a, a neat spot to be in, in spite of and, and, and I don't want that to sound weird because of the reason why we're here. But it's um as you know, as Carrie said, to take an optimistic outlook on it, what an opportunity um, that we have as we're looking forward. Mm. And uh, last, Jeff Smith. Uh, good morning, Mike. Thanks for having us today. Uh, my name is Jeff Smith. I'm the director of special services for the school district. Um, as I think of a couple of words, um, what comes to mind for me is that we're progressing um, in the path that we are going to 
maintained to the end of the year with a distance model for instruction. And I think we're we're adjusting as we need to. And um, and I think that those adjustments come um, when we get feedback from our partners in the educational process. And that's the the key part of this is this island community and our families and their willingness to give us that critical feedback to say this is working really well or this isn't working really well. And um, from special services department, we welcome that input on a, a regular basis um, and look forward to hearing from families so that we can make those adjustments um, to meet all of our students' needs. So I, I do see us moving along and I do see us making adjustments as we need to. So I, I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Thanks. It sounds like it's a time of opportunity. There is a time of great opportunity here, and I, I, th I think I'm hearing a lot of that from all of you. Um, has it changed at all since you you had to roll things out three, four weeks ago to where we're at now, knowing that the school district is going to extend through the end of the school year as a, a distance school? Have have things changed at all in each of your teaching environments? It it has. I mean, it, in some cases, it's changing daily. Um, but I think as far as the middle school and the high school goes, our biggest change has come in the the schedule that we we laid out when we left before spring break. We were expecting to come back and we were going to follow the bell schedule with, uh, you know, our distance classes and kids were going to be online and blue jeans. Teachers were going to be um, teaching their courses and, and doing that sort of thing. And we found out very quickly um, within the first day or two of doing that, that that was maybe not such a realistic viewpoint. And so we, we spent that first week going in and revamping our schedule so that it would make it a little, it, it makes it more doable um, for our students um, as far as the commitment to being in front of their computer and being online. Um, and so that, that changes at every grade level, doesn't it? I mean, you have a different kind of bell schedule for elementary, even low elementary, up to the higher levels than that, into middle school and then into what you do in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. this is Carrie, um, elementary focus. Um, we, we, have, we have to really be sensitive to the needs of, of, of our students and their families. And our kids are, um, they're, they're, they are much more dependent on having an adult help them guide them guide their way through uh, some of the learning that they're doing. And we also have to be really cognizant of um, making sure that what is happening is engaging to the students. So um, if if they're not engaged, if they're they're they can their their willingness to participate and their their um, their family's willingness to participate in some cases is 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 based on on how much they want to be there and we have to be sensitive to that um, I, as as Heather pointed out these are sort of like we don't have any kind of finite answer at this point that um, things are changing and they continue to change. Um, on a fairly regular basis. Um, but I feel like now that we're um, on the second day of our third week, 
we're, we're kind of, things are kind of settling down and I, I'm really looking forward. I think all of our teachers are really looking forward to having um, more, more of those routines and those, those expectations settled in and, and moving forward in a way that's going to um, be sustainable. Because that's, I think that for, for me, and I think for my, my principal colleagues, that sustainability piece has been, that's been a big thing. Like we, we've got this momentum and this huge investment that teachers are putting into making things work. And how long can we keep that, that, that energy going? Um, how long can we invest all of this time in answering questions of parents and answering texts and phone calls late at night? And, and how, how long can that, can that go on? I think we're finding that balance now. So that's a process that's really healthy. And I think that, that things are settling down, settling in. I like that, Heather. Uh, is there is there a difference in how you each are processing things depending on whether you're at the elementary level, whether you're at middle school, whether you're at high school? Is there is there more success at the at the older the kids are, or is that are you finding things all across the spectrum? You know, Mel. I mean, a lot of kids do distance learning. In, in the first place, as they get into um, college prep work, and they're more technologically advanced, so I would I would just make an assumption that maybe it's easier for a high school kid to be involved in this type of learning, whereas the younger you are, it might be a little bit more difficult and be more difficult for a teacher too. Is that true? Um, yes and no. Uh... I've just I've been bounced in, in and out of this uh, call. It's kind of fitting that uh, as I'm reporting out, you know, whether we have uh, any problems at the high school, I'm sitting at home having problems connecting through the internet. And I, I know that uh, many of our families are still facing that challenge as we're trying to balance uh, asynchronous learning with the ability of our teachers to actually um, talk and you know and through video chat see their students. Um, at the high school, we, we did a quick show of hands as we had a couple of days of uh, hurried up face-to-face uh, -face preparation in the afternoons the week before spring break. Um, less than half of our combined middle school and high school staff had had any experience teaching distance delivery education. Um, even though there's a, a lot of students who take at least one class online, they take that class at the high school with the support of a teacher who's sitting in the same room with them. So mm -hmm. there certainly are students who are experienced, a, a smaller number of students who are experienced working from home with hopefully supportive parents on courses, but it's certainly the minority of our students that have that experience. So we're taking a teaching population that has a very mixed ability or experience with teaching distance delivery and setting up a homeschool high school uh, with students who many of them have, have had no experience with the challenges of, of online learning. And how are things going from your perspective? Are they, are they progressing well? Well, I, I think the power, and I'm, I know that this extends throughout the, the district, but at the high school, the power that we have 
is that our teachers really love what they're doing. They love their classes. They miss them great the two-week break. And on the first day of our homeschool high school, teachers were reporting attendance rates that actually exceeded the attendance of, that we get on a normal day at the high school. Um, that, that, that sort of enthusiasm, I mean, would, would never sustain throughout a whole quarter of this. But our, our students are, are eager to continue their education, and we are just at the beginning end of this um, nine-week challenge to deliver the very best homeschool high school that we can for our students. Jeff, let's talk a little bit about the special challenges that you have. Um, you work throughout the district providing special services through all the school levels, right? Yeah, that's correct, Mike. We uh, we serve students uh, district-wide, um, pre-K through uh, adult, actually, um, so through the 22. So what kind of special challenges do you are you facing given that you're trying to deliver special services, which must be fairly challenging anyway in a regular environment, but now with an online environment, what special things have you had to do? Yeah, I, I want to, uh, before I jump into that, I, I'd like to just piggyback a little on what Mel said with your previous question, if I could. Yeah, um, go ahead. The, I think one of the considerations that we look at community-wide and district-wide is for our students um, with regards to their accessibility. Like we know a lot of our families um, have multiple students at multiple grade levels. And so when we talk about connectivity, you know, some of the challenges our kids face are they're competing for bandwidth with a brother, a sister, you know, a cousin. Um, to try to connect to their classes. And that becomes challenging when you've got four people in a house trying to access, you know, an online kind of platform. Um, and then you've got some families that, you know, students are caring for their siblings or helping their siblings navigate their own coursework in addition to their own coursework. So I think, um, you know, the challenges that our students face, um, whether they are a student with a disability or a student without, um, I think those challenges are real district-wide in terms of just making this platform available for all students and being aware of the circumstances that each of our, our students bring um, to this distance model. Oh, good. Um, now, what kind of accommodations have you had to develop to, to, to deliver the education still? Right. So I, I can speak from special services standpoint in that regard. And um, and really our whole business in special services is providing individual instruction for students and and really basing that on what a student needs. Um, I, I believe our staff has uh, worked extremely hard, whether it's special ed or general ed, in partnering with our parents and partnering with our grandparents and saying, how can, we, how can we be responsive to what you need right now and what your student needs right now, understanding here are the limitations or here are the, the directives from the Department of Health that we're, we're having to live within right now. So I, I really see our partnering with families as a, as a critical step. I see um, our staff providing parent training opportunities with, with parents. So that may take the form of just a teleconference. It might take a video conference and modeling a skill to a parent so that they know how to deliver that instruction to their student. Um, it could be uploading of a video that a teacher recorded 
of a lesson or of an, of an activity. Um, some of our speech pathologists um, have really been working with families in how to correct like a, a miscue and giving that guidance to a parent of here's what we're working on at school and here's how you can help deliver that at home with your student. So I, I see the growth that's going to come from this in the strength with our relationships with parents. Katrina, go ahead. Uh, oh, sorry, Mike. I just wanted to jump in on that. I think that's something that we're, um, you know, with the change in our schedule by by shortening up our class periods, we've opened up our afternoons. And so teachers are now able to schedule those one-on-one -on -one meetings. And so as you ask about how have we we changed and 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 adapted our our teaching or our ability to work with parents and students. Um, I think there's we're probably delivering more one-on-one um, -on -one instruction and and have the capability to do that now um, than what we were able to do when we were seeing all of the kids in the school building. And so, like Jeff said, it's it's sitting down with um, parents and having a conversation. Do you know how to access class pages? Are you able to get into, you know, the different technology aspects of it? What it's also um, for our teachers, it's also them understanding that we need to dial maybe dial it back a little bit. Um, as far as our expectations, there are a lot of other pressures that the kids are experiencing at home, maybe as an older sibling having to um, be the caretaker, the caregiver for their younger uh, brothers and sisters in, in the house. And so their own education kind of gets pushed off a little bit on, on, the, on the, the back burner. And so how do we meet the needs of that particular student? And that's by having those conversations with them and setting up that one-on-one -on -one time. What are your questions? What are your concerns? Do we need to extend our, our due date, you know, and, and how do we, how do we adapt the work that we're doing? Um, those are all things that our teachers are working through and, and a lot of times it's coming down to a case by case basis as we try to figure out the the um, different levels of accessibility that our kids are having. Um, and I'd like to jump in there too. Um, this is kind of related to what Heather said as well as as Jeff and Mel. But when when we first started having conversations about the the possibility that we might be instructing remotely um, towards the end of February, uh, and and it seemed so un, unreal. Um, when we first started talking about that, the the focus um, for all of us really was on the social emotional needs of our students mm -hmm. and how without school without this place for them to come and be interacting with caring adults and friends, um, they were going to, th there was a great possibility of that, that those students being isolated and, and feeling uh, like they're not connected to a community, their classroom community, their school community. And, and I mean, certainly we, we know that that's one of our greatest challenges now in this 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 COVID era, and and um, and we're that's 
the primary focus at the elementary level is making sure that every day there's an opportunity for our kids to have a class meeting to, to with their classmates to to join in and hang out together um, have a purpose to be there together with their teacher so so those the, the, that community issue is um is and connectedness issue is really, really big. I, I can talk about the one-on-one -on -one and the small group instruction that's happening at the elementary level, but I really wanted to emphasize that that social emotional component of, of what we're doing with our students and how critically important that is for, for them for and for the teachers as well to maintain that connection with kids. So are you saying that every day as part of the elementary education, there's an, uh, there's at least one 10, 15 minute video conferencing thing in a classroom where all the kids in the classroom will, will meet like this and participate? Yes. Um, every teacher um, has uh, found a time to uh, during the day. It, it's, it's not necessarily in the morning. It's a time that works for their families. Um, for that, that where they open up their Blue Jeans link um, for all of their students to join and have a class meeting. Now, of course, that's um, in an ideal world. There are times when kids or families can't make it to that time. A couple of teachers have um, have to have two class meeting times because of family schedules. But the, the idea that we have put forward with all of our teachers at the elementary level is that they need a time to connect with their teacher, with any caring adults. Um, and and that's, I, I, that's when I can pop in. That's when um, our counselor sometimes pops in uh, to say hi to the kids. Um, and, and we're getting a lot of really creative and fun things happening during that morning meeting time uh, with guest, guest visitors, um, with kids sharing things. Um, I was just talking with, a, a, with my staff this morning about some of the things that they're doing for morning meetings, um, sharing videos that, that they've done, sharing pictures, sharing the work that they've, they've done at home. So, so that, yeah, they are kind of the strand, the thread that holds the classroom community together right now. And it's very powerful and it's very, very important. So the kids are doing okay, but the parents and the teachers are the ones that are taking the brunt of this. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm just jumping in here um, and I'm sure that it's going to be fairly similar at, at other grade levels. It's really variable. You know, I, I think that in some cases um, students are joining their class meetings because that's the most thing, most important thing for them. And so they are, they want to stay connected to their teachers. They want to stay connected to their classmates. Um, in some cases we have students who, who are, who, who do that, but they're having a hard time with the academic components. But for them, the most important thing is the, is the classroom community. Hey, Katrina, how, how has your world changed? I mean, what, what is your day like now in the support role that you have? Other than a lot more screen time, which I think we're all struggling with, um, no, I think supporting teachers in using the tools that are available to them and um, 
making sure that, you know, everybody's on this steep learning curve right now with technology and online design and all sorts of things. So um, sharing resources, I think, has been a bigger part of it, doing more, um, you know, I have sometimes Blue Jeans calls with other teachers just to walk through things and share screens and make sure that we troubleshoot together. Um, and then, of course, in my own online class that I'm doing right now, too, you know, that's changed, too. And so dealing with a lot of the same things in um, connecting with students and trying to maintain that sense of community, I think that that's just as important at the high school level, too. Um, and checking in with, with students. So I know as a teacher, anyway, just making sure that the kids are okay. Our kids are okay. And I know all of us teachers miss our students terribly and are committed to showing up for them in every way possible and doing what we need to, to all get through this together. So um, I think my job, both in the technology support side and the instructional support and troubleshooting, but also um, supporting teachers, sometimes in a way that's not even related to academics. I think this has been stressful and trying for everybody and we're all doing it and we're showing up and it's we're doing the best we can and I'm again incredibly proud to be part of it but um, sometimes teachers just need support too and to vent or share struggles or look for solutions to problems or just talk about it's really hard and it's really exhausting and it's also really important and we're going to keep doing it so I think a little emotional support as well. So is there a lot more collaboration now going on between administration teachers, teachers from one, um, you know, from North Star to Peterson to Main Elementary? Are, are they all in their own little worlds? Or are they all like sort of collectively trying to figure out a way through this? I would jump in real quick and, and just say, Mike, from a special okay. services standpoint, we we've we tend to be a pretty collaborative department um, and we really support one another and talk about student needs and problem solve various cases. But I would certainly say that this level of um, instruction right now has even uh, increased that collaborative nature of our department. Um, that I've got teachers at the secondary level that are reaching down to elementary folks now that, that in the past may not have. Um, but because of the, the nature of the work we're doing and what we're trying to do, um, uh, yeah, I would say it's increased incredibly in, in the first couple of weeks of this. And, and I would anticipate that continuing. I, I can echo that. Um, and I know at least at the middle school, it's this type of um, uh, education has, has way um, it's the, the collaboration that's occurring um, at grade levels um, and then interdepartmentally too um, is, has increased dramatically. And it's, it's collaboration, not just with the teachers, but it's, it's, it's between teachers and admin. Um, this, we found that there has, that, that the communication has to be constant um, to make sure that we are meeting the needs of just, not just the kids, but but the parents as well as as we've already touched on. Um. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Totally. Totally agree. At um, the collaborative uh, process has just been um, 
it's just increased a lot. And we have our grade level teams. So every elementary grade level meets weekly now. Um, We have uh, principals, our our elementary principals are meeting three times a week now, down from every day. Um, Our principals and coaches, and, and we have an amazing group of elementary coaches who are Um, doing so much to support teachers and kids and principals are meeting with the coaches um, every week. Principals are meeting with administrators and coaches and we're meeting a lot. And that has its downside too, because meetings are um, uh, even online meetings are, um, are pretty energy intensive, but we the collaborative process is just it's it's increased hugely and and very much to our benefit i think uh, our message at the elementary level is that and this is harder for us than it is for you secondary folks but because we have four different buildings um and if you include the rural schools that's five different buildings and so um we have to have it's critical that we have the same message that's going out to our families and to our teachers. So we've had to really collaborate um, and share, figure out ways to um, make sure that everybody is on the same page, that we have the same expectations, the same guidelines and the same uh, framework for all of our schools. And that's kind of new. It's, it's, really, it's, it's really cool actually. You know, I'm hearing a lot of optimism come out of this conversation that this is making you a stronger school district and there are things happening, (laughs) excuse me, that are pretty exciting. Optimistic is my word for the day. Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. Let's talk a little bit about the technical load, though, because I know it was a concern a couple of weeks ago when uh, Larry came in with being able to deliver content to everybody when not everybody was on the same uh, footing. You know, there are some people with different levels of internet service and some people with no internet service. So you have parents that are um, some more technically skilled than other parents. And then in the same, you know, same turn, you have a number of teachers that are probably in the same boat that some of them are a lot more adept at using technology and some aren't. So uh, I have a question from someone who called in that wanted to know about the internet. Are people without internet using paper, paper packets still? How are how is that being addressed? And is there some sort of a move to get better internet? I know there was a deal that the school district had with GCI. I'm not sure how that's been implemented for the people without access. So when we st- this Heather Mike when we started this process one of the things that we did was to survey um, every single student to find out what level of internet access they had to try and identify those families who might have limited access um, and so both GCI um, I think ACS and AT and T all three have offered different um, deals or different. Um, uh, opportunities for families for free internet. Um, and then more recently, um, we've been able to secure some uh, technology with the iPads that have um, Wi-Fi hotspots. And so for those families who don't have access to um, 
to to the internet, um, we I know of a couple families here at the middle school, especially that have um, been able we've been able to get them those iPads so that their students can have that. It really comes down to the communication. Um, it's daily communication. We're we're keeping track of those kids who have logged into blue jeans. Why aren't, if they didn't, why didn't they? Is it because they don't have the internet and how do we get them their information? And so teachers are constantly monitoring that and um, uh, reaching out to those families and, and meeting the needs um, of the kids. And if that means it's a paper packet, then we're, we're doing paper packets. So the internet actually may help you actually track how people are doing. Yes. What What about the teachers? What about the the teachers who are now faced with um, doing instruction in a in a way that they're not accustomed to? It's it, it's you know, it's just like a, a classroom is full of diverse learners. Um, our school is full of diverse um, backgrounds and abilities and perspectives on on technology as well. And I think that you know when I think about the the staff, the the teachers that with whom I interact every day, um, we they they are they're all just working their tails off trying to do what's best for kids and recognizing that right now where we're at, this is our this is our venue. You know, so we've got to make it work and we've got to do the best that we can to meet the needs of our students in this, in, in some cases, artificial world. The hardest part for teachers is not being able to interact with their kids one on one to see them, to, you know, to, to be with them. That's what they are grieving about in a lot of ways and, and having to like get beyond that and um, find out ways that they can um, meet the needs of their, the academic needs of their students and emotional needs of their students as well um, is, is really a, a very um, big challenge. And we, so right now what we have at the elementary level is um, teachers in now are, are beginning to um, uh, use, we're, we're using what we call, I don't know, a packet isn't really quite the right term, but um, it's a, 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 a resource that's available both digitally, digitally and non-digitally. And so families who um, are not uh, internet uh, friendly or don't feel that the internet is the right venue for them and their child or for, for, for out of choice or necessity, have the option of getting a paper version of this packet that's the same version that the teachers, that's the same resource that the teachers are using to pluck out the standards for instruction. So we're, 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 we wanted to make sure that our kids, whether they are accessing the learning digitally or not, are, being, are, are having the same uh, standards for the instruction that they're getting. And so families can choose and, and have chosen um, to get the second, ver the second um, uh, version of the, the learning in packet form that just, that's just going out now or has just gone out now. 
um, for these next four weeks that are ahead of us. That's at the elementary level. Um, and we do find that there are a lot of families who are concerned about screen time and, and they do not want their kids to be on their iPads all day. And they, they want their kids to be um, work, working, doing meaningful things um, that's not involved with the iPad. And teachers are, are trying really hard to make that happen. They're doing a great job with that, really. It's really, it would seem contrary to what you were teaching before is limit your amount of screen time. And now you're saying, well, but, but screen time is school. So how do you accommodate that? Um, what, what, what kind of support services are available for parents? I mean, I guess there, there, there has to be an enormous amount more interaction between your teachers and your administration with parents who are trying to, to do whatever they can to make their kids succeed. You know, Mike, we have an amazing school district. And, um, and if you were to go onto the KIBSD.org um, website, you would see right there immediately that there is um, there's a technology help desk there and, and how to access that. There is a translator help desk. Um, so if a family is not proficient in English and they have questions, a translator is there to help them. We have a, um, a um, an evening uh, from four o'clock until eight o'clock in the afternoon into the evening help desk. So there's somebody to answer the phone if families call in and they need uh, support with the learning that their children are doing. We have a, a hotline for our nurses. So if, they, if families have questions about medical concerns, our nurses are there to answer those questions. And we have counselors and there's a, a way to reach counselors um, if they are worried about the um, emotional needs of their, of their kids and themselves and their family. So that all is going out on all of our uh, our web pages, as well as the district web page. It's in our newsletters that's going out to families. We're trying our best. We really are trying our best to make that that uh, connecting, uh, answering questions available. And that's something that comes from the leadership of our school district as pr super pr strong priorities for our, our families. Mel. Um there's some questions about high school graduation in the end of the year. You're at the, you know, there's probably a number of teachers that this was going to be their last year teaching. I mean, uh, can you talk a little bit about the effects of ending a school year like this and what, what kind of uh, options that you're talking about for high school seniors? Yeah, I just, I've been reflecting on uh, my career what it's been. Uh, Larry Ledoux hired my wife in the fall of 1991 uh, for a job in chemistry, and I tagged along to Kodiak, and he was my principal for four years, and now he's been my superintendent for three years, and I haven't regretted a moment of uh, the decision to come to Kodiak. Um, the week, actually the Friday before spring break, I, as principal, I opened up the gym uh, for the whole uh, lunch period for the students, and I pretty much was thinking that there was a good possibility that that would be the last Friday that I, that I would see my students. Um, and uh, I, I would rather it not have been the case, but it certainly looks like it at this point. Um, I, we, 
we definitely at the high school feel um, compelled to do whatever we can for this group of seniors to make the, the to the make their end of their high school career uh, as special as possible. Uh, a lot of the things that they'd been looking forward to were taken away with this virus and the social distancing. So we uh, we are currently working with families to explore options. I know in the community, I think they somebody found this as a, another district in the state is doing some sort of uh, car parade is, is one way to recognize the seniors. Uh, some families are putting up uh, in, uh, signs in their windows acknowledging that they have a senior in the house. And we're, we're definitely open uh, and plan to do uh, things that are special for this group. Is, are, are you finding that the kids are, are doing well as a whole at one point in time, the longer this goes on, are, are we going to see um, more more social issues arise out of this? Or are you already seeing some things right now that you're trying to nip in the bud before they get out of hand? Well, at the high school level, we have three counselors and a mental health clinician that are, you know, they're fully engaged in helping our students. Um, I, they have reported that, you know, they are adjusting to doing it by video link or telephone. That was definitely something that they reported as a, a very real adjustment that they had to make. But they, they are very active and proactive, uh, not just reactive, to try to reach out to students that, they've, that they know uh, their situations and to try to make sure that uh, they're weathering the storm. And, of course, I mean, we're all hunkered down, but... We, you know, God forbid that you know that the virus does hit Kodiak. We we certainly have to weather, uh, be prepared for for uh, making it through that time too. You know, um, I thank all of you for what you do, for what you're doing for our community, for the amount of effort that you're putting into it, for the foresight foresight you have in uh, trying to move forward in a in a positive way. And thank you very much for coming in today and sharing some of your uh, knowledge with us and your experiences and best of luck to you as we kind of move into the summer. So th thanks very much for, for coming in the, on the program this morning. Good luck. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Optimistically. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. hey, thank thanks. you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. Medical show tomorrow. Thank Tune you. in.